laser pistol robot. You'll pay for this, Lando Calrissian. Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Outnut, check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and Han Solo, Ugnot, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone, and joining me today, I have James. Say hi, James. Hi, everybody. Oh, boy. Today, we are going to be talking about <coughs> Star Wars figures. What a shock. We're always talking about Star Wars figures. There's always some Star Wars-related topic, isn't it? We're very simple people. Today, we're going to tweak it a little bit and kind of focus on figures that they have never made or we wish they would make. You know, for the last 30-plus years... Fans who have been buying Star Wars figures have always been saying, well, you know, when are they going to make this one? When are they going to make that one? Well, the original line of Star Wars figures, even though they put out quite a number of them for three movies, left a lot of figures, you know, off to the side that were never manufactured or at least never produced. And one of my biggest concerns was Grand Moff Tarkin. A major character, probably the biggest star, you know, next to Alec Guinness <laughs> of the Star Wars film, and they never bothered making a figure out of him. But then in the 90s, when the next resurgence of Star Wars started, you know, bubbling up in, you know, heading towards the prequels, they then finally made him and stuff like that. Now, you figure that by now, you know, they would have been done by now in terms of every single character. You figure there's somebody... At Hasbro, and I'm sure there are, there is somebody at Hasbro that goes frame by frame on every film and is like writing down, how about that guy? How about this guy? Yes, we got him. Yes, we got him. We think they pretty much made just about every character. I'm sure there's a lot of background characters they haven't made, but it's really like insignificant characters. We could probably mention like 10 for sure, and then anything else would be maybe like, we're even surprised we missed it. Now, granted. I can guarantee you that we say this today and tomorrow somebody will go on the internet and post, like you said, 10 figures that we were like, oh, that's right. They never made this one or they never made that one. I think we're getting very close to that not happening <laughs> because they put out just about everything. But there's a couple of things. I think we're talking also mainly about the original trilogy, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not even touching the prequels right now because the prequels, I'm sure they can mine for a lot of other stuff yeah. in there. And there are lists out there, like you said, of who should be made, who should be. Original trilogy-wise, I recall in the early days of my internet adventures, there was a, a a website, and if anybody knows it or remembers it, here's a little shout out to them. I think it was called Kenner Cantina. Oh, okay, sounds familiar. And I used to go to it pretty regularly for figure news and like little updates and what was coming. And they had a wish list posted on there that you, as a fan, would go and add. And you'd want, okay, well, I want, uh, you know, I want this guy or I want that guy or whatever. And you explain, I want Luke with the floppy hat. I want, you know, Leia with, you know, something. Okay. And they're pretty much people were sophisticated and added things that they really wanted and they were obscure. And I have to tell you, if we went down that list again, if we could even get to that site's, you know, Wayback Machine version or something and see what they were, I bet you three quarters of that list eventually got made as of 2014. Oh, I'm sure. But that was one of my first original, you know, wish lists for action figures. And I thought they did a really good job. And I remember adding something. Uh, I 
can't remember which figure I actually added at this point, but I do remember adding something to that site and it making the list, you know, because I guess they edited it and people put copies or duplicates or whatever. They had to be whittled down to keep it clean. Well, I don't know if that list ever got anywhere, but recently, maybe the last, uh, I don't know, six, seven, maybe 10 years, Hasbro has been accepting a yearly sure. poll that they conduct them through some of the major Star Wars collecting websites. And every of these websites, they basically go down a list, everybody votes, and then they come up with a list of what are the top, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 30 figures they would want. And then they submit all this to Hasbro, and they actually have been manufacturing, I think, once a year, Yeah, one I was figure. impressed that they did that. Now, the catch is this. This isn't just original trilogy. This is prequels. Yeah, this is EU. EU. So... It is gigantic. It could, it even goes beyond the, you know, it goes everywhere. So sometimes you end up with figures that you're like, well, I'm glad they did it, but I don't really care. Yeah. I'll get hate mail for saying this, but marriage aid is the last one they did. Yeah. There's a few that I just, you know, and they, they get a big deal. They made a big deal about like Darth Maglis or some, whatever the hell his name is or something like, like I didn't even know these characters existed. You know, some of them on Darth Nihilus. I, you know, I only knew Darth Nihilus existed because they goofed on it on Howard Stern. I had no idea he was really a, popular eu character and so well that's part of the problem because they're running out of characters they have to dip into the eu because yeah. there's nothing when they make that guy over somebody who actually appeared in the film in the original trilogy on the screen and i'm not talking about special edition guys guys who actually appeared or were considered guys if they got like the cutscene guys or something like that like colonel kraken or whatever the hell his name was didn't get made till last year, but you know, Darth Nihilus, you know, has, there's three different versions of him or something like that. Um, I, I, <laughs> I guess I'm, so. I'm a kind of guy, if it's on the screen or if it was like originally shot in 1983 or 80 or 77. Well, I'll tell you what's ironic here. You know, we are getting to the point now where we're looking at deleted scenes for characters in terms of figuring out what's needed. You mentioned but that's pretty neat you, because we're big fans of that right. or we're like, but Billy D. Williams' son participated Corey. Oh and man, if they had his character, I'll buy it in a minute. But we were, we, we're so thrilled with knowing that and like I didn't even realize that happened until a few years ago and now we know what masks he wore and stuff but that's more of an important part of the show than you know than some EU character to me I don't want to insult anybody I'm, I know I'm tippy-toeing into dangerous waters well you mentioned like, the... like some of the kids that were in movies or some of the characters were played by people's kids who were like the big producers and stars that's more important because they actually appeared or something. Let's, well, let's... You, you mentioned deleted scenes and, and you mentioned this captain or colonel crack, commander Kraken, whatever his name is. It's a character that was put out maybe about two years ago, two, three years ago as a deleted scene, Return of the Jedi character that you have never seen him in the movie except when they released these deleted scenes where he is in one of the two turrets in the Millennium yep. Falcon at the end. And what I find hilarious is the fact that in those deleted scenes, there's a guy on the top turret and a guy on the bottom turret. And the other guy doesn't even, the he other can't guy, even get it. Everybody has no clue who he is still. They never made a figure of him. So this poor guy, he's probably so happy he's in a Star Wars film. And for 30 Mom, years- Dad, I'm in Return of the Jedi. Call everybody. We're going to see it. For 30 years, <laughs> these two actors have been completely unknown to everybody. All of a sudden, the deleted scenes come out and one of these two poor bastards, or lucky bastards, if you will, <laughs> gets an action figure made. And the other guy gets squat. <laughs> so it's like, wow, that, that's really sucky for this guy. And, you know, you got your own action figure and you don't got anything. So too yeah. bad. But anyway, talking about deleted scenes, the only figure, and this is, again, we talked about urban legends. The the holy grail, I guess, of missing action figures, and we've I think we might have mentioned it once before, is the famous Tanaka sisters from New Hope, 
The cantina scene where there's these two women who are dressed very much alike and they're twins. They're like tight uh, nylon on or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of, you know, patrons of the bar. And there's this whole myth going around or urban legend going around that, I mean, it's not an urban legend that they won't do it. Kenner has said they're under strict instructions from Lucasfilm to never, ever, ever, ever manufacture action figures for these two characters. The theories are out there in terms of him having to do with somehow, for some bizarre reason, Lucasfilm never getting the rights to, you know, like they never signed off on their likenesses, which is unusual because everybody signs off when you go, when you're on a movie shoot. There's another theory going around that Lucas said that because those two characters were supposed to be prostitutes, he doesn't want to create an action figure of a prostitute. Which is it? I don't know. Other than the fact that they're there, do we need them? No, I mean, but now, it's... now I want them because they said we can't have right, them. Right, but that's what's happening now. There's so much mystery enshrouded around these two characters. I would just like to know the actual mystery. I don't even care about yeah, the figure Yeah, I'm more anymore. interested in knowing the real story behind them than actually owning them. But a lot of people have been customizing them and making them their own and putting them in their own cards sure. just to make it part of that weird collection that you have. That, you know, there are even further stories that not, you know, now you're dealing with kind of like Inquirer type of stories where – there might have been some sexual situations oh. taking place that if oh. all of a sudden something were to happen, somebody would tell a certain story if, you know, so it's, again, it's shrouded in this aura of what's going on. Oh. <laughs> and like you said, the story Excuse is me. even more entertaining than the actual product. That's the special, special edition. Now, here's where it gets even weirder. Those two actresses, they're, I guess they were in their 20s. Which is, you know, with Star Wars, there's nothing unusual about Star Wars having, you know, the girl who played, was it Cammy that she was yeah, apparently she was Kus, involved in something? Stark, and, she wound up dating Prince Andrew. Yeah. And she was like a soft core girl. There was in, some in controversy there. So these two girls, let's say they're in their 20s. Now they're probably in their 60s, you figure, something like that. I know one of them already died. Oh. And, and here's the thing. They're twins. And apparently some people are saying that it has to do with one of them having the rights or one of them not giving the rights. Interesting. So you figure if they're twins, well, if you have the rights from one of them, can you just manufacture that character? And since they're twins, it's the two. same one. You buy two. So <laughs> again, it, it's another one of these crazy stories that just drives not your average collector, your crazy, insane collector crazy. But it's a great story. All right. Well, they've made – let me give Hasbro a round of applause here from a silent one-guy round of applause. A one-handed applause? They made a lot of obscure stuff, stuff they didn't need to do, stuff they probably lost money on. I mean, the one thing I don't get is people demand they must have oh, yeah. this wish list of these figures. Why? Because we need them. Our collections won't be complete. They make them. There's, maybe they're limited. Maybe they make too many. Maybe Give me they some don't, examples. Maybe they don't make enough. I don't know. People get upset for various reasons. They make a guy. He's on Bespin. He's got an ice cream machine. He's escaping in an orange suit. <laughs> they make him. They make some of these uh, background things. They make some robots. They make a red ro red R2. They make a purple. R2, okay. Well, so. For years, they wanted Yarna. Remember that? And everybody said, oh, I can't believe you made this disgusting character. Why would you make this? What? No kid would play with this. Why do you ask for it? What is with this whole thing of making a wish list? Do people just do it to spend time and then they want to be the first guy in line to flame them and say, I can't believe you made that and charge me $10 for that? So to me, that's, that's why I'm a little <laughs> mixed about these whole wish list things because let's make the stuff that actually existed those two characters were while not important 
we're on screen for a clear amount of time. And, you know, you're never going to forget the guy with the ice cream machine running through Bespin. And you're never going to forget the lady dancing with, you know. With the six boob lady? More more parts than she needed. (laughs) Well, the the funny thing about Yarn, I believe, is that Kenner had made a prototype. I believe. If I'm wrong, please don't kill me. But Kenner had made a prototype, and it was one of these things that was discarded when the line went belly up. In the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. This whole thing about prototypes and concepts and stuff, there were a lot of things discussed. The line could have gone longer in terms of product. They just felt they reached the end of the line in terms of Star Wars wasn't going anywhere. Right, right. I think they could have gone one more year. It ended basically in the 85-86 ballpark. And I think they could have gotten one more year out of it, and the packaging could have been the 10th anniversary. You had a convention you went to, and it was a big deal. A lot of people celebrated it in that convention. And they could have used it as an excuse to, because it's the 10th anniversary, it could have been a good excuse to bring back some characters that were never manufactured from the first or second film. Then that they could have thrown their Tarkin in. Just like the the Power of the Force line was a mixture of Luke and Stormtrooper from Star Wars. It was Han and Carbonite from Jedi. There was a variety of movies being thrown into that particular line. And then right after Power of the Force, then do 10th anniversary. And then you could have had Grand Moff Tarkin. You could have had a few of those kind of things. Maybe, you know, I don't know, Grandma Park and maybe General Dodonna. Then you could have had somebody from Empire, somebody from Jedi who was left out. The other Imperial Dignitary. There was actually only, did, did, they, yeah. did they ever make all of them? I don't even remember. No, I think they made maybe one or two. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You're not as crazy of a collector, or I would say as a focused of a collector as I am. In other words, your collecting used to be across the board when it came to Star Wars. It was the original, original line, first and foremost, which I have one of everything, figure and ship toy, that thing related. And I'm not talking EU, and I'm not talking droids and Ewoks. Original, But then the later years, I tried to get as much stuff, and then it got too hard because you could never get everything without going to eBay. And I basically just got stuff I like. If I saw it, I got it. If I didn't, I didn't. Well, my collection... Forget the old stuff. The old stuff, I'm still reconstituting it as we speak because I'm <laughs> trying to put it all back together again. But You shouldn't have let children push it down the toilet. No, they listen, they were not as bad as I was. I destroyed them more than they did. <laughs> and believe me, I'm happy with what I have right now. However, my modern collection of stuff that's modern, if you will, and by modern, I'm talking about 90s going forward – you know, I ended up creating rules for myself in terms of, you know, what I want to get. And that was smart. Because the problem is, obviously, if you have unlimited resources, money-wise and space-wise, sure, I would love to be a completist collector where you just buy everything that moves and breathes. However, I can't do that. So I narrowed it down to things that are a little odd. In other words, I buy figures that are from deleted scenes. I buy figures that are from characters doing cameos like actors doing a cameo yeah stuff like that concept i absolutely love concept figures and i also buy figures that are really cool looking figures which there is no rhyme or reason for them other than the fact that to me they're really like a cool design or something but anyway what i want to focus now a little bit now is my particular wish list when it comes to original trilogy because i don't want to dip into the prequels right now because that's too big of an area but at least the original trilogy Macquarie concept figures they put out a number of years ago they put out a whole wave of them and then they stopped and as far as subsets go that one you can't get you can't get better than what they did the artwork the oh, style it, it the was figures, wonderful the packaging was great based on the original the star wars which is actually in comic book form now those figures were beautiful yeah Yeah, they were great, you know, and primarily they were mostly, even though there are some that are not, but they were mostly Macquarie-inspired, you know, figures. Now, 
I know that based on the art, if you look at the traditional, don't get me wrong, if you look at a Macquarie book, there's lots of other art that is kind of offshoot art, but yeah. the primary art, if you look at, for example, the portfolios that Macquarie put out, those iconic portfolios, there are still figures in those portfolios that they could have made figures for. And I'm, let me give you a couple of lists and feel free to jump in if you have any comments on them. As far as A uh, New Hope goes, there's a picture he drew of the celebration at the rebel hangar at the end of the movie. And there are rebel guards there with helmets and like blue outfits. Yeah, I recall those. They look a lot like the Coruscant guards. Those would have been a cool concept, you know, soldier to have. I don't know. Again, I don't know if you remember them. Yeah. There's a picture of the uh, prison in um, the Death Star. And there's a droid where, where they're about to get into the elevator. Well, there's a droid walking behind them. And it's not the droid from the movie. The movie has like a black C-3PO droid with a kind of like a bug head. Yep. This is a very skinny, whitish droid with a different kind of bug head. And you've kind of recently found him. Well, no, no. I found the guy that's in the bottom of that oh, shaft okay. that is kind of like the Dooku droid that they put out, you know, the Dooku pilot droid. Yeah. That guy I found. So I'm glad I got him. Even though it, nobody says it's, it's a concept droid, I'm treating it like a concept droid. But that one I'm mentioning would be a cool one to have too. There's a drawing Macquarie made of the cantina, and inside the cantina, there's a stormtrooper, but technically it's a sand trooper because yeah, it has right. different gear Real on. bulkier looking. Yeah. They never manufactured him as a concept figure either. That would have been a nice one. In that same cantina drawing, there are patrons, creatures that are never made it to the film. There's a creature that looks like a rat. There's a creature that looks like an owl. There's the Greedo that looks nothing like Greedo that's about to shoot what I guess it's Han Solo. Those are some creatures that they were never manufactured as figures. Those would have been cool, too. I'm going to jump around a little bit in terms of the other movies. The Chewbacca that McQuarrie drew, they made one, but there's another Chewbacca that he drew, which looks a little more like Chewbacca, except but he's very short. fat, very yeah. wide, very hairy and wide. And he doesn't have those big bug eyes. He looks more like the modern Chewie. In Empire, there's a picture of, I think it's Luke riding a Tauntaun, but the Tauntaun looks like a hairy lizard. That's right, yep. That would have been a nice character to, even the lizard, even the Tauntaun. Did that lizard, was that, what was, no, that was a dragon. I was going to say, was that what Boba Fett was riding in the, in the cartoon? In the, no, that, that yeah, was, that was some weird dragon snake thing. Yeah. Okay, when they were designing the Ewoks, there's so many different concepts of the Ewoks, including the famous Yuzum. Remember we talked yeah, about the Yuzum? They were taller, hairy, fuzzier, more angry looking. Uh -huh. with the, the, well, the Yuzums with the very long legs and the little round furry bodies. They yeah, could have done that. Yeah, some had lemur kind of faces that looked like, you know, they were more, you know, yeah. animal or instead of bear, right. fuzzy kind of guys. There were other Gamorrean guard designs that Macquarie made that never made it to the film. Now you really, you'd really like figures of these? Oh yeah, I would love it. I mean, if they made them, I would buy them. Interesting, because we're up to about $138 already now <laughs> you have to come up with. Well, the reason I'm saying this is because they're never going to make them. Okay. But it's a wish list, you know. Okay, I'll give you a perfect one, which this is definitely the one they should have made. Lando. Lando and Mrs. Lando. Lando and his, his lady fella. <laughs> that should have been part of that original group when they made, because they tippy-toed yes. into IG-88 and they tippy-toed into Snowtrooper. They should have been and, a two-pack, him and his And yes. that should have, you're, you're a thousand percent right, because that is an absolute main character in the series. And the fact that there is artwork of the two of them would have been nice. And I, I agree with you there. I'll give you another bizarre one. If you look at the Macquarie original drawing of the Sand People, the Tuscan Raiders, yeah. they're traveling in Banthas. If you take a very close look at the Banthas, they don't look like the Bantha. The body looks like the Bantha, but the face... You want a concept Bantha in addition. Concept Bantha, because wow. the concept Bantha... We, we, I think we only got one Bantha to begin with in real life. Yeah, we did. But here's the thing. The concept Bantha started out... 
there's a picture on the internet and it floats around every now and then a story from England, black and white newspaper of Carrie Fisher and some of the people making Star Wars hanging out at some kind of like a, it almost looks like an outdoor beer festival or something while they were shooting Star Wars or while they're promoting Star Wars. And they brought out this piggish looking, like a, imagine like a giant hairy pig. <laughs> and she's like writing it, like sitting, taking pictures on it. Well, that was supposed to be what the Bantha, I guess at some point was going to be. That particular creature, which I forget the name right now, ended up being used as a background creature at the entrance of the cantina. In oh. other words, aside from the dewback being it's not back a there, rat? No, it's not a womp rat. It's some other creature. It's almost like a giant cow. You know what I'm thinking it's like about a herding. As, as we talk about this in the original series? We got a dewback, which we only saw the head for. If they're not counting the special edition, we only saw the stormtroopers sitting on it, and they only made a head. Yet we see an entire bantha, and the banthas are pretty iconic in, in, in Star Wars. You say bantha, they made their fan magazine called Bantha Tracks. Right. Well, they, that was, they, they made the bantha later, you They know, made it in the originally. 1990s. They didn't make it in, in the original bunch. Yeah. And I'm thinking, boy, the bantha would have been a whole lot better to have versus the dewback. Well, this particular creature, like I said, it was the prototype, I guess, for the Bantha, and it was completely scrapped. Yeah. The creature is there, at, like I said, at the entrance of the cantina, facing, like, with its butt facing us. So, its its, it's back is to us, <laughs> and you can see it forward. There, because I guess they realized <laughs> it looked like a, it's a, you look at the, the face, it's a pig. It has a snout, and it looks kind of ugly. Okay. But anyway, that would have been a cute one to have. Like I mentioned before, Greedo, the, the original Greedo would have been nice. Some of the Macquarie's original paintings of the rebel pilots don't look like the what they ended up with. Some of these rebel pilots, for Star Wars I'm talking about, have full helmets with full visors, and they're completely black. They look yeah, a little it, like it, TIE It didn't pilots. give much identification for the audience with eyes and, you know, humans. Right. I think the fact that the stormtroopers were covered made them more evil. And the, hum exactly. the rebels, they kind of wanted you to see the guy's eyes, at least, even if they were wearing goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Empire, some of the art for Empire has rebel soldiers in Hoth with a lot of winter gear, really nice-looking stuff. That was never made as an action figure. You know, might would have been nice, maybe a multi-pack... If you're going to go, I mean, I, they didn't really embrace this, or maybe they didn't expect it to be as popular as it turned out to be, that particular Macquarie line, but a concept bounty hunter, like six pack or whatever. And they did look slightly different yes. based on the fact that we know we got an IG-88. There's a number Boba of Fett, bounty hunters. They, they already yeah. had Boba Fett and IG-88 in concept form that they could have just repackaged. Then give us the different, because I do remember a Dengar slightly different, in, even though yeah. it's similar, slightly different. And I do remember Zuckus and 4LOM being like fatter or something yeah, like look, that. Look up the old art books, the old that making I would have of dug, books. Because they, there was a card, yeah. there was a, a, a painting, one of Macquarie's paintings that show the bounty hunters in his version. They could have just copied that and made figures of them because people love bounty hunters. Right. No, the, definitely. Like I said, if you look at the sketchbooks or the art books, there's all different prototypes of bounty hunters until, you know, before they settled. How about stuff that they did make that they could have gone a little further? You've got some pretty cool stuff. I say in my mind, we've talked about this, the concept EU, there's a fine line there because a lot of the concept stuff became EU stuff became prequel stuff eventually. Oh, yeah, that's it a thing. It became Clone War stuff yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it might even become Rebel it stuff. Will. Guaranteed. Going forward. Well, we know the Imperial Troop Transporter is coming. So let's just say the Imperial Troop Transporter from the original 1970s came out about 1979. That is the 
granddaddy EU slash concept because it could have been something. It just never did quite make sense. And I've said this before. There was a little book that came with it, giving the story and showing yeah. some artwork of what they use it for, even though we never saw it in the film. It was kind of there. It's EU. I guess you consider if it's a comic book, it's EU. Somebody decided to make it EU. Theoretically, some of the mini rigs could have been concept slash EU. We know that there was an Empire Strikes Back, a gun turret vehicle that eventually Lego made a version of oh, it. Was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was, it's kind of like a tank with a turret, but there was a hovercraft that transported. The, the hovercraft, yeah, that was like a rebel transport, but that then there was another of, thing that's supposed to be like an ice laser or something. Yeah, so there was a couple things there that are concepts that either got cut, but we saw them in other things or other areas eventually. You've got a nice set. I think I have them, but you have them on display. They basically took the initial uh, version of right. the... Well, even the, the Skyhopper. The speeder bike and the snowspeeder, and there was one other one, The I think the cloud car, and they made toys of them uh -huh. with a figure. With the figure, they, you're right. Those were actually the initial Macquarie, because those are based on Macquarie or Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's Macquarie's Milo. Yeah, so all those name. guys did get a little representation. That stuff I would have liked to have seen, like, you know, a little bit more that direction. Mm -hmm. I got a couple more figures here, just a few, from Empire. If you remember, the original concept of Cloud City was that it was supposed to be inhabited by different races. Yeah. And one of these races, they're supposed to fly around in these flying whales. And they're very, almost like alien-looking spacemen type of creatures. Yeah. Well, those would have been nice if they turned them into an action figure. And I think the flying whales did show up in Camino As an actual flying whale. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Also, there's a painting that McQuarrie did of the torture chamber where for Empire, where Han Solo is being tortured. Yep. There's an Ognaught there that looks nothing like the final Ognaught. It looks more like a lizard. It has a tail and everything. Oh. That would have been an interesting one. Return of the Jedi had Bib Fortunia originally look like this kind of lizardy looking face with a very tall, tall hat. I don't know if you remember those paintings. Nothing sells like a guy with a hat. There you go. That could have been another figure. Jabba. My God. Jabba went through so many different yeah, concepts. That's something they could have. You know what? A huge, a huge missed opportunity is original Jabba. Now, that should have been put out in this modern Kenner. Well, yeah. The actor you're talking about. Declan yes. McManus or yes. whatever his name was. That might be actually Declan McManus. Isn't that uh, Elvis Costello? But anyway, his <laughs> name was something like that. And why couldn't we have that? Well, that, could, that that's a whole... That, now, he, now, that's he appeared weird. in the comic book. He appeared in the behind-the-scenes documentary. Why couldn't we have had Well, it? that's an unusual thing because when you go down that route, there are certain people who manufacture... Again, this is homemade stuff. This is custom that make figures of have the cast and anywhere? crew. Yes, I've seen... Not of the Jabba guy, but I've seen Kenny Baker figures... I've seen George Lucas figures. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think we need to go there. We can make them. Right. But I'm, but, but I'm about... saying so there are people who are making them on their own. They make the Irving, you know, they make the directors. That guy is in his big furry garb yeah. and everything yeah. on film, even though it got cut because they never wound up using it. And then they used it to put the digital stuff over. They could have made that guy. Right. Or as you said, some of the other. Yeah, there's a lot. Other than some the Some of the other guy, Jabba's that look more like. like pigs there was a, or There was one Jabba or... that looked like more like the old actor. And I think, I can't remember his name oh, off the top of my head. There's a million of them. They recently, like, he was a famous actor from the 30s. And I can't remember his name right now. They, they, his face looked, they actually used that example. And they said, make his face look like this guy. And so. The only other one I can think of right now, the final one I can think of, is the Emperor. Ralph McQuarrie had other concepts for what the Emperor would look like. Yeah. Even See, though the Emperor is pretty characters. scary looking, his was more monsterly, wrinkly, 
like a monster. He was really ugly, really like you couldn't tell he was human to tell you the truth. Yeah. They could have gone that route too. Okay. So again, this is my wish list. I know that most likely 99% of that will never happen. If I get 1% of that, I'll be happy. But you know uh, what's funny though? We're getting Darth Plagueis and nobody even knows what he looks like. Somebody made that up. I listen. I'm gonna be getting that one because I, mean, I read well, the book you and I love money, that will book. Be. You know what it is? I don't read any of the books. Finally decided. You know, everybody's screaming about how good this book is, and it was damn good. I tell the truth. I was really surprised. I'm happy that I finally read a book that I liked. You know, from the EU. The only last thing I want to mention is when, when we were talking about that route of when people make their own stuff, even like just different Jabba's, different actors, different crew members are making figures out of. Yeah. And even figures that- Boy, I wish I had a John Williams figure. Listen, you go on eBay, type it up. <laughs> you never know. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed what people are making. A lot of this is really absurd, but a lot of it is funny and it's very creative and the quality of what they put together is amazing. One that stands out, I saw it again recently on an internet page. It's a car, beautifully carded, Go ahead. original style, mm-hmm. The Force. The Force. It's an empty bubble. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, they have The Force, and then they have The Dark Side. In other words, they're both empty. <laughs> one of them is darker, one of them is lighter. They have Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, it, it, like the bones, the burned the in bones. And, that, and, you know, and that's as cruel as that seems. That's legitimate. They actually are there, represented smoldering on screen. <laughs> I could accept that, and I actually dig that. But the list gets a little weirder. I've seen a card for dead Jawas. So remember, uh, when they pick up the dead Jawas, it's almost like just it's the just cloaks. an empty, an empty, uh, an empty cloak. cloak. Well, they, they could do an empty Ben cloak. They've done that. They've done okay. The dead Jawa. They have what they call Tie Fighter debris, which is basically pieces of a Tie Fighter dewback dung, like leftover from the dewback rancor skin pieces of the rancor i seen this box set of destroyed alderaan full of rocks that's okay that's cute that's kind of funny <laughs> um smoldering moisture farm but you don't they're not figures you don't need those as figures maybe you know smoldering moisture farm luke's you know if you have the the skeletons you might as well have the burning house why did we never get luke's house we why couldn't we get a luke's house place there i think they actually made it with yeah they did with eventually. an uncle owen and aunt Baru figure I think, like in the 90s. Yeah, it was more like a diorama type yeah. thing, if I recall. In that same vein, they have Ewok fur. They have Wampa fur. We mentioned the dark side. And like I said before, they do have actors. They somehow make, like I said, I've seen the Kenny Baker. Yeah, I did see a Kenny Baker and he signs him. They did Anthony Daniels as his Tony Fayette or whatever his name was. Well, that's a real figure they made. Yeah. But you know what I've also seen? You're close to that and you kind of get Ahmed Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I've also seen is a custom-made Jeremy Bullock, which is basically the Boba Fett body with the Jeremy Bullock head. Well, I've seen pictures of him in his costume with the helmet off, Uh, and that's pretty cool. And it looks exactly like it. If they did that way and they took the Anthony Daniels head and they darkened the hair from the Star Wars era and put it on a C-3PO, that would make me feel... Like, okay, you got his face finally right. being exposed. Same thing with the Kenny Baker. The Kenny Baker should have been an R2-D2 helmet that you pop off, and inside is the guy <laughs> sitting there. Now, if they went that route, that'd be fantastic, because and- there are some unsung heroes in the Star Wars world that never got seen. I would like yeah, a Chewbacca. Yeah, because right. now that the fact that you can take the helmets off, like a Chewbacca head you took off, and you saw a, uh, a, Peter, a Peter Mayhew, Mayhew with the inside. eyes black. Yeah, that'd be out. nice. You saw Dave Prowse when you took the helmet. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of. Even a James Earl Jones. He never wore the costume, but so it'd be I. It's nice to see it, his head. It's dopey. It seemed like he didn't even want credit in time. But the only official figure that they've made, which is a real action figure manufactured by Hasbro, is the two different George Lucas ones. Yeah. The, I have one of them. I the, think the, you have another one. The Stormtrooper one. and the uh, Rebel Pilot. I have the Stormtrooper. You have the Pilot, right? 
Yeah, I have them. I have them. Up that there. you know what I just said. I think that would be a great. And these guys are getting up there, and they could pass soon. That would be nice. According to the movie, I'm not making this up. The three stars, and then there were co-starring and Kenny Baker, Anthony Daniels, Dave Prowse, and Peter Mayhew. Yeah, the main people behind masks. And if they made that real Kenner figures, like I just said, that's a wish list because those guys have been in our hearts and minds and everything for all these years. <laughs> They're as important as you know, a, well, a Harrison Ford or a I know, Mark I Hamill. know. And you know what? Let me give you the final cherry on top of this pie that we're never going to have. How about all the holochest creatures? Well, you kind of found something yes. that was actually really, really neat and gave to me. And I wish I actually was smart enough how to make my own holochest table. <laughs> but that's actually you. You found them where? How did they? How did you? Get I found them? them at a celebration five. I think they had. Was it a custom or no, was it somebody they're from made them? These gamers they play. You know the the games, the the card games. Yeah. Well, they sell characters for them, and in in one of the many many boxes full of characters, there were those. So I started trying to put together a full set you know, of all these creatures. They're really, really nice, and that would be cool. Because you know how they made that stupid stuff in the 80s when this licensing thing really started kicking into gear? They made the uh, Star Trek chess set, and oh, they made yeah. the, then they made the Star Wars, and that's how I yeah. knew the apocalypse was upon us, <laughs> because they really were crap. And it would show Captain Kirk sitting in his captain chair, leaning over forward <laughs> on his knee, and I guess the bad guy was either Khan or Klingon or something. I don't even remember, but they were just, they were stupid. That would have been realistic. And they eventually made for Star Trek the 3D chess. See, that's something right. that actually appeared on the show. I think, I'm pretty sure one of those major companies, the, either the Gentle Giants or the Acme Archive, they one did of these, that? they did a hollow chess oh, well. a board. See, right? I'm out of touch. But I don't know if they manufacture the actual pieces to put on top of it. I don't have a good place to store it, but it would be nice to, if I had that kind of woodworking skill to, you know, do it all up, paint it nice, <laughs> and then put those figures that you gave me on display. <laughs> well, I have mine here displayed. They're sitting on a little shelf in between my Burger King, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi yeah, glasses. crushing each other to death. <laughs> now, another addition I would like to make is something having to do with the comic packs. Now, if you guys are not familiar with comic packs, comic packs are a, uh, a wave, uh, a number of waves, actually, they put out a while back that they have ever since kind of stopped doing them. And what these were, were basically, they would package together two action figures and a comic book. The action figures obviously would have something to do with that comic book. Now, the comic book could be just about anything. It could be a modern comic book. It could be an older comic book. To me, however, comic books, 99% of them fall under the EU side of Star Wars. So I really didn't pay much attention to them, especially when they were first released. With that said, I did buy... I believe back in Celebration 5, it might have been Celebration 5, they put a comic pack of Cami Fixer and a comic book as a comic pack. Not because of the comic book, because I really didn't care about the story being told, but I cared about the fact that they were actually putting out these two characters that were deleted scene characters that we were never going to be able to get in any shape or form before. They weren't going to manufacture individually carded characters, but the fact that they threw them on a comic pack was interesting and I, I remember I bought that but this was years ago but anyway these original comic packs I completely ignored for the most part very recently I've done a show about the Marvel movie adaptations of the first three Star Wars films which you guys will get to hear in the next couple of weeks we're going to put this one out and as a result of that I got really 
deep into researching and, and collecting, in a way, the original uh, movie adaptations of the Marvel comic. Now, what they had put out was, and again, at the time, I completely ignored it because they looked awful to me. I couldn't make heads or tails of why would anybody buy this. They put out a number of comic packs about the movie adaptations. So what they would do is they would pack together two figures and a comic book, just like before, like they've done before. But this time, the way that the figures looked were very similar to the art used in the comics. Now, for those of you not familiar with it, the original comics, especially the original Star Wars comics, the movie adaptations, the way that they were painted and drawn were very somewhat different than the realistic looking film that you're used to. So these comic packs were put out and you, you, for example, you had Darth Vader, you have Tarkin, you had rebel soldiers, you had Han Solo in stormtrooper outfit, but they were painted bizarrely. Tarkin would have a, a orange and greenish kind of costume. Vader would have these red eyes. And like I said before, when I first saw these, I was like, why would anybody bother buying these? These look ridiculous. And at the time, I wasn't aware of the fact that these were specifically on purpose painted this way to resemble the art of the comic book, the coloring of the comic book. But anyway, they put out four issues of comic packs of the movie adaptation. The movie adaptation has a total of six issues. And I believe at a certain point, they must have stopped making the comic packs and they never made the last two issues of the Star Wars movie adaptation, which would have also, I guess, two more action figures. And that is something I wish they would do. Just to finish that comic pack series, they put out one through four. They never put out five to six. Now, associated with these comic packs, or at least the fact that we're in the subject of the Marvel movie adaptation, very recently, about a week and a half ago, they just announced at New York Comic Con. Now, this wasn't during the actual Comic Con event, but Hasbro... For a number of years now, they don't really participate very actively in New York Comic Con. As a matter of fact, many of the times, they don't even have any representation there whatsoever. However, the day before Comic Con, New York Comic Con, they usually have an event nearby in New York where they do have a, you know, uh, by invitation only uh, display of what they are preparing to unleash, you know, product-wise, uh, similar to what they do in Toy Fair. They don't actually show up at Toy Fair, but they have a private event the day before Toy Fair, you know, for invitation-only people. But anyway, this past event, week and a half ago or so, they displayed for, you know, web and press people uh, what the part of the next, the, the remainder of the wave of, of this year and next year is going to be. And... Uh, as a whole, again, I wasn't too impressed, you know, uh, you know, my theory of the, the less they have, the better, because they don't have to spend the money. I don't have to worry about chasing these figures. But there was one figure that I completely want to get. What they've done is they produced a character, three and three quarter inch action figure called Mossop Benid. Most people, including myself, if you just give them that name, have no clue what the hell this character is. Well, this character is a background cantina character. As we talked, you know, earlier in the show, all these extra background characters, there are some pictures on the internet. Some of them are black and white pictures. You see a whole bunch of creatures like for assembled for a photo shoot type of thing. You do see him walking through the streets of Tatooine, you know, near the cantina as the droids are walking around by themselves. You see this guy cross the frame. 
He's a weird looking character. He's an alien creature. He has this kind of goatish kind of face with the long uh, hairs coming out of his like a mustache, that kind of white mustache that kind of goes long, long, you know, about halfway down uh, his shirt, more or less. But anyway, they're making an action figure out of that. Now, why is that important to me? Well, it's not because he's a background creature. It's because when they did the comic book, again, going back to this comic packs we talked about earlier, the Marvel movie adaptation of Star Wars, they included the Jabba scene in the movie. This is the scene where Han Solo is approached by Jabba after he already killed Drito. And they have an interaction, which, you know, we've seen that scene when they released the special editions. But anyway, back in 76, 77, it was in the script. They had not decided to delete the whole scene. The original plan was to take the actor who played Jabba and substitute him with maybe a stop motion creature, maybe a puppet, maybe something. But at the time, they didn't know what. The comic book people had it as part of their script, so they had to include it in the comic book. The problem was they didn't know how to represent the creature, how to represent Jabba, because they didn't know which they were going to use. Now, somebody, whether Lucasfilm or the comic book producers, decided to pick this particular alien creature that is a background creature and have him depict Jabba. Again, not sure why, not sure how, but that's who they picked. In the comic book, he looks practically exactly, exactly like that background creature. He's dressed exactly the same, except that they changed the colors like they've done on the other comic packs. They tweak the colors a tiny little bit, make them more orangish with green gloves instead of what we are going to get, which was the character used in the movie of a red outfit with black gloves. So to me, this is another one of these insignificant little things that mean a lot to me, <laughs> like a lot of my collection. Well, anyway, James, let me wrap it up here. Thank you, as usual, for joining me today. And, you know, this is one of those topics that at first we're like, there's really not much we can contribute, but there is so much that we can just keep digging and digging into it. And I really enjoyed myself on this one. I hope you had a good time. Oh, did I ever. <laughs> and to the rest of you out there, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you here next time on GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Nobody does Star Wars like the power of the Force from Kenner. Straight from the new Star Wars Special Edition come the Creature Figure 2-Packs. Now you're a Sand Trooper aboard the massive reptilian Dubax searching for rebel droids on Tatooine. Next, enter Mos Eisley as you and the Jawas command the Ronto. This beast of burden carries a heavy load, but only when it wants to. And waiting beneath the Millennium Falcon, Jabba the Hutt, as Han Solo bargained for your life with his vile gangster. Nobody does Star Wars like the power of the Force. Right here, Jabba. 2-Packs uh... come with exclusive figure. Other figures and vehicles each sold separately from Kenner. That's the special, special edition. Oh. <laughs>